Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, apart from all our regular ramblings, uh, we also <laughs> brought you uh, Mick Rathbone, Baz, to his friends. Yeah. Uh, the author of uh, a, a book called The Smell of Football back in 2009. He now has a second edition out, The Smell of Football 2, picking up where that left off. Lots of great stories. Lovely guy. Yeah, and, lovely guy. Uh, Character, isn't he? Yeah, I hope you, in, uh, hope you uh, enjoy the chat. Uh, and here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And somebody very kindly sent me uh, a Playfair football annual from 1955 to 1956. Get all the best gifts, don't you? Yeah, well, it's got some good stuff in it, and I'll dip into it, and I might bring you some later as it's mm. International Week. But they didn't say their name. So thank you very much, but you didn't sign your name yeah. and say who it was, but I do appreciate it. Do you it. remember that particular book? Well, not really. It continued for it years about later. Three. It did. No, it, no, not that. Not that volume. I mean, my parents giving me this. Going to learn yeah, this now. Learn you'll, this. We'll have a career in sports cover journalism. To cover. <laughs> no, um, I, I just I remember the Playfair books. They went on for many years. They may still exist. Maybe mm. the listeners will tell us. I remember those. Yeah. Well, my parents just hit me over the head with the Rothmans. I'm sure they did. That would explain quite a lot. <laughs> did you see a designer has made the first men's suit? His name's Politics. The first men's suit from Mustafa. Hair, really it's all made out of moustache hair. Dick Strawbridge provided ninety percent of the material. I imagine he would. <laughs> so that's a, I, I know. Where do you get it? the clippings from? I mean, that's weird. I got it from it? the sun. No, oh, I mean, I, oh beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he's here. All, he's not here all week. He's here oh, three, three days, days a week. A week. <laughs> uh, now, yeah. the, the the actual meal of mm. champions. This is because Bristol Rovers owner is claiming mm. that uh, their recent run of decentish form is down to lasagna pre-match. Yeah, something I'm about not, football and lasagna. Yeah, I'm not quite so keen on it as a pre-match meal, to be honest. <laughs> no, but um, down in League Two, it seems to have worked. They had it. There, the owner says. Uh, that they uh, they had a lasagna takeaway and uh, and then they went on this decent run apparently, and it's all down to that. So I, I you know I've Where never do been. Where you get a lasagna takeaway? I don't, I don't know. The Italian yeah, it's a ready that, meal one, but well, I don't know. I, I, I suppose that's so, yeah. not what I've kind of. Re- I, no, no, I we agree. can we can spend some time. <laughs> the lasagna takeaway. If you know hole. somewhere where you can get a lasagna takeaway, do let <laughs> yeah, us know because Andy thinks it's impossible. No. But the point I'm making yeah. is, yes. I've never been particularly hung up on lucky meals. Uh, no. You know, I, I'll eat some well, different for every game. You are. You've always been like up on uh, mm. uh, sort of hung up on the lucky meal. No, my that, worst one like. was 2010 under Ancelotti, the Fusilli and Meatballs, which I 
decided to go for it at the start of the season. Yeah. And it was a good season, so I had to stick with it. So you ate them before I was almost pleased when they game. lost. I could have something else. <laughs> you were just sick of it by the I end. Was, yeah. right? was it? Did, did they just put it in front of you when you went into the restaurant before <laughs> no, they the did, game? They did actually ask me to you order. You did have to actually yeah, ask for So look, yeah. so we kick that off then because it's going to change uh, all the time. What is the true meal of champions? If you've at the same thing because your team has gone mm. on a good run we'd love to know because at the moment and it will change every time the, the true meal of champions is fusillian meatballs there we are and he uh, <laughs> kicks us off if you want to win stuff that's what you need to eat so as I said it will change with all of your suggestions the true meal of champions talksport.com forward slash H&J text to 81089 tweet to TS. H and J. Jim Cheesemold wrote us a letter. Did he? He did. What about yeah. his name? <laughs> no, not about his name. <laughs> Sorry. He lives in Ealing. Yeah. And um he said last Monday National excuse me, <clears throat> last Monday National Serial Day, you asked for serial based footballers. Mm. Did we? Really? I suppose we did, yeah. Um, it was probably it was did, a bit yeah. of a quiet day. Uh, as usual, I couldn't <clears> think <throat> of any. Oh, well, well, thanks very much enough. for that, Jim. <laughs> However, on Tuesday, my yeah. wife decided to do us a cooked breakfast. Uh, one part of which was the economy sausage from a well-known high street uh, supermarket. On checking the ingredients, I noted 11% meat, mechanically recovered, oh, 74% cereal, 12% emulsifier. How can bracket, that be called a sausage? Unspecified, 08717. Um, and 3% favourings, plus E247, E361, E466. It sounds like Mr. Parry's route to Goodison, e doesn't it? Gum. I get the train. And the E468. Um, yeah. Uh, in view of the high cereal content, it does go on. Yeah. In view of the high cereal content of the sausages, I would like to suggest Barry Fry up to the National Cereal Day list. <laughs> Thank you so much. Better late than never. <laughs> uh, I recognise this is controversial, but uh, hope uh, you will uh, adjudicate on such matters and accept my suggestion. Best wishes, Jim. Uh, P.S. Mm. If you're tempted uh, by the supermarket sausages, I don't recommend them. Yeah. So there we are. Jim, thank you very <coughs> much. He's got a point, hasn't a he? A late edition of National Series. Yes, and talking of that meal, the full English breakfast, yes. I read this morning, is in decline. Okay. Not at Cheltenham last week, it wasn't. No, it certainly God. wasn't. No, it's, it was a, a rare feast for was us, it, wasn't it? it? When every, it's all laid on. Oh, every day it was it's bad. A, yeah, it did, yeah, fantastic. The old <laughs> dance players died. Well, the, in the <clears> old <throat> days, obviously. Yeah. Anything or, else? Or not. Br- Bruno Guimarish. Oh, yeah, well, play. he's playing very well, isn't he? Yeah, he thinks Newcastle will be competing for the title next year. Well, unless they buy off the Chelsea team off the administrator, I think it's highly unlikely. Yeah, get, get some dizzies on some of the Chelsea players. <laughs> yeah, that would be possible. very good, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can't see that. It's, it's a big jump. I mean, they're kind of all yeah. right at the moment. There's, yes, they'll buy two or three players in the summer, but I still think it's... It's going to take a couple of years. It's a it? long gap between challenge, doing that and challenging the they, top four. They will. I oh, think they will. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, they Excuse certainly me. will. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. You're telling us uh, what your meal of champions is, apparently for Bristol Rovers at the moment. It's all about uh, lasagna. They've gone on the lasagna trails, I said, a Tottenham fan. I'm not as keen on it as a pre-match meal, but it's working for Bristol Rovers. Um, you've been telling us yours. For Leicester, it was, uh, from one of their fans, the Scotch Egg. For Andy, it was the Fusillian meatballs that took Chelsea uh, to glory. Jeff Peters has been in touch. For him, it's steak and chips in an Indian restaurant, as he famously did to us when we, uh, we had a visit up there. And uh, you can keep those coming. We've had a few others. Before every Coventry match in the 1920 promotion season, uh, I ate a bacon sandwich whilst listening to the song While the Sky is Blue, and that allowed us to win the league. Marvelous. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, we'll add that. Owen, that was from. We'll add that to the list. The bacon sandwich for Cov. Uh, keep them coming. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J. It's quite an appalling story that we both picked up on about Jurgen Klopp. Yes. Uh, he gave his cap to a Nottingham Forest fan after Liverpool's 1-0 win. Uh, the nice boss, story on that. Just that no, alone that, is a yeah. nice story, yes. <clears throat> but the youngster waited for 45 minutes after the game. But apparently he shouted for it throughout the match. Mm. And... He said, Klopp said to him, I'm giving you the cap, but not because you kept asking throughout the game. All I could hear was you asking, I don't think that's a good thing. You shouldn't have given it to him. You should have got the steward to remove him from the ground. Not give him a cap. Don't reward him. What is he, for, about eight? Don't care. Don't reward him for steward bad behaviour. remove him. Don't reward game. him for bad behaviour. Yeah. Well, he did say, I mean, <clears throat> apparently the dad asked for a photo afterwards, but he cleared off. You know, even his dad was telling him to stop shouting it out. But oh, uh, no, yeah. not right. He gave him his cap anyway, probably because they'd won. I don't he might have. Yeah. He's probably put it on eBay now. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's treasuring it. It's probably a little bit oh, big yeah, for him, it. but he'll grow into it. He'll grow into it, no doubt. Um, anything else you want to share with the class, Andy? Uh, what have I got here? Uh, oh yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> not that okay. one. Okay. Honestly, talk, I love the way you put things on a list. You well, put things on a list that you don't feel you can then read out. Well, so. you know, I mean, oh, I've got a story you like. It's not, yeah. it's not particularly sport, but uh, I just wonder if this is uh, this. This was a story as it as it appeared, Andy. Yeah. A mum is searching for a stranger whose name she had tattooed on her backside in 2012. Yeah. Apparently, she's from Hereford, and she was on a break in Magaluf when uh, Daniel Ford, with an E. Yeah. from Cardiff, offered to pay for her tattoo. She has now said, Kaylee, uh, she says, I should try and find him. It is, his na- it is his name on my bum, after all. And I thought to myself, 
is that a romantic story or not? <laughs> and also, what kind of rom-com would that be? And, and maybe they get on, maybe they won't. And also, would you want to go and look up someone who was prepared to pay to have their name put on your backside when they'd never even met you? Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> but I, the worst tattoo of the week, though, is Brooklyn Beckham's one. That is oh, yeah. A letter from his wife, which he had written on the back of his neck. The whole letter. But, but somebody pointed out, you, you can't actually read it, it's behind you. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's very... <clears throat> Why don't I just keep the letter? Uh, my forever boys. I don't know what it says. It's read this anytime you feel anxious. Well, it's behind you. You won't be kind of just read the letter. Would, I don't know if you... If I, had, if I had a letter on my back and I was trying to read it in the mirror, that would make me anxious. I know. Because I, I couldn't read it. That would be the difficult thing. I've got one that says, Dear Andy, your services are no longer required. Yeah. It's just you've not been able, you've not been able to read it. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic, isn't it? Honestly, I, Andy, I think, I think the time has come. We haven't done it for a long time, Andy, and it is International Week, so is, it's time to discover Although oh, you're going to be so disappointed. What's in Andy's bag? But there's been a development in the game that we call what's in Andy's bag. Because over the years, Andy Jacobs brings a bag in to work that often uh, holds an awful lot of items you wouldn't necessarily bring into uh, a radio studio. But the development is, Andy, your good lady wife these days, she, she goes to your bag and she sorts it out, doesn't she? she not only that, she empties it. Oh, she empties it? <laughs> Honestly. Why? Because since her illness, she's become a bit more extreme of how she was before right and that's what she does she just takes the whole bag and it, last i was thinking about this last week at cheltenham i had so much in my bag i could hardly carry it yeah and it would have been really good to do what's in andy's bag this week that's honestly let's see what's in andy's bag okay some blank paper that's always useful yeah, yeah um, a newspaper an interview with angus Lockram. oh yes her old mate was in the she telegraph today to yeah me, it's quite sweet Oh, uh, she gives me this. This is a, a bag, a shopping bag, because she doesn't let me actually buy any bags. Okay. So, so if I buy she any shopping sh on the way home... I you have to use it. the plastic... That's an M&S plastic bag, yeah. Oh, and another one. There another plastic bag, because you buy an awful lot. Yeah, okay. Oh, I managed to sneak that in without a whole bar of chocolate. whole bar of chocolate. About 10 quid's worth. But only buys the good stuff, Andy. A thing for cleaning my glasses. That's nice, yeah. This is not... Where's all the many, many rehydration tablets? She takes them all out, honestly. Why? Like... Why do you need to suddenly rehydrate yes. halfway through a show? Unfortunately, that's a symptom of hers. And okay. What can you do? Oh, her manager, one anodin. Okay. <laughs> one anodin. It's very that's poor, it. isn't is it? Is that it? That's it. Oh, it's the end of a feature. It's the end of a much-loved, long-running feature. Well, when we'll do it next year at Cheltenham. There used to be <laughs> probably about three gross of um, sort of um, tablets for an upset stomach. There was always so many rehydration powders in there. It's about... A tenth of what it normally weighs and what it weighed last week. Okay, but well, you're going to have to have a word with her to stop going through your bag. She cuts up all Because we, we always get asked, people say, you haven't done it, what's in Andy's bag for a while? Well, if now I've you got, know if, what. This is what she says. If I've got some notes and they're written on a piece of paper, yes, and there's a blank bit at the bottom, she cuts off the bottom. Well. She just doesn't like any wasted space. It's honestly, it's, well. what can you do? But never mind, bless her. <laughs> I don't say anything, I just... Get on with it. <laughs> just carry on regardless. I've anyway, got some column fodder, if you want. Just a quickie. My mother used to run a hot yeah. bath and give me a Mars bar before my amateur schoolboy boxing bouts. Having won my first ten consecutive fights, my he says my folk. He said my coach caught wind. I think he meant he got wind of it. My <laughs> my coach. That's what he did last. Got week wind of it and told me not to do it. I went on to lose my eleventh fight with my nose sprayed across my face. Says Drakey oh. the Seagull. Should have stuck to the Mars bars Should've and the done. hot bars. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, usually, this person writes, I think people look ridiculous in their silly hats at the races. Hmm. 
But this year's Cheltenham, with the traditional show-offs posing in ludicrous headwear for the cameras, was a rather reassuring reminder that even when the world is chaotic, some things remain the same. Honestly, I had nothing else to write about. And that wasn't even international, where you've got no excuse. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, back in uh, 2010 time, uh, Mick Rathbone's book, he was the Everton physio. The smell of football was uh, was a real hit. I think shortlisted for a number of the, uh, the William Hill Book Awards. Very well yeah. received. He's now gone back into print uh, all these years on. The Smell of Football 2 is available and picks up where the first book uh, left off. And we're very pleased to say Mick has joined us in the studio. Good to see you. Thank you. Uh, it's very kind of you to invite me down. Thank yeah, you. well, it's, it is, it's lovely it's to see you. It's a great honour for me too, so thank you. Uh, well, when the, the book is very interesting. It starts where you get sacked, which is not the place, the place <laughs> that most books start. But um, look, you make it entertaining though, Mick, as you do all the stories in the book. But, uh, you know, being sacked by it, a great friend uh, in David Moyes at Everton. What a day. Uh, we just beat Portsmouth 1-0, their last game in the Premier League, 94th minute winner. And we're back in the training ground a couple of days later, just debriefing and Dave got me in his office and he just said, Baz, he said, um, it's time for the change. And I said, don't go, Dave, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're doing a great job. He goes, Baz, in the medical department. Oh dear. I said, you've never liked Danny. He went, it's not Danny. I said, Matt. He said, it's not Matt either. I said, right, give me a minute. In the medical department, not Matt, not Danny. You I didn't said, make it easy for him. No, I said, you're going to have to give me a clue. He goes, Baz, he's in this room and it's not me. I'm looking under the chairs and behind the curtains and then the penny finally stopped. That, it wasn't like that. Um, I've told the story so many times over the years, it kind of morphed into that story. Yeah. It was a shock. Mm. He did me a huge favour, as I say in the book. I'm his biggest fan. It's really interesting. When I wrote the second book, I kind of predicted loads of stuff, like a sort of um, a latter-day Nostradamus. I predicted a lot of stuff about what might go wrong at Everton if they didn't use that money great. Yeah. I talked a little bit about the demise of Man U and that you can't turn it around overnight. And I predicted that David Moyes would prove that he's one of the great managers. And now I'm normally wrong on everything, but those three right. things I got mm. quite right. Um you were ready to walk, though, Mick. You said, you know, a couple of times you'd almost knocked on his door and said, I've just lost my spark. I, you know, yeah. So in a way, it kind of... And it's not a nice thing to happen when you get sacked, but it, it sort of did you a favour, didn't it? He did me a massive favour. And he knew. He got me in a couple of times over the season and said, you know, where's the old Baz? And I said, the old Baz is the old Baz. I was 15. It's not a crime to be burned out and that like, you know. So he done me a massive favour uh, and we stayed close friends and... Uh, as I say, I, I'm his biggest fan. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come on Most to Evan a little bit later. clubs get runs of injury. Is it is it the physio that always takes the blame? You don't get the blame, but if you're like me and you want things to go well and you want to please people, I suppose, if I'm being brutally honest, then you take it upon yourself. So when I went in, in my first year, well, I was there for eight years, my first year there was like no injuries and we finished seventh <clears> despite <throat> being relegation <throat> favourites. And people were like, Baz, you've turned the club around as much as David. And I remember at the end of the season being interviewed and saying to about that comment, I said, well, it's luck. Um, and they said, oh, God, humble too. I said, well, no, it is mainly luck. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll remind you of this when we have the Soon Army. And in my final season, that happened. Now, nobody, I never injured a, well, I did when I was a player. <laughs> when I was a physio, I never injured a player. Mm. But when I go up every morning and we're maybe going for the playoffs, playoffs in, the, in the Premier League, maybe going for, for Europe or got semi-finals coming up I go in and essentially you're giving bad news all the time 
and I see David's face and it was Roundy there and Chris Woods and, and, and Jimmy Lomsden and that and I see the disappointment in their face when I can only provide them with half a team now they're not actually looking at me and saying that uh, you injured them you're not very good at your job but you do feel responsible because yeah. your role indirectly is to provide them with the strongest possible team so I suppose my personality being that what it was and still is up to a point, I suppose, you do kind of walk out with your sort of chin on the floor and you do take a lot of responsibility. I spoke to many physios over the years and we all feel the same, trust me. The, yeah, the I mean, thing- we saw in that documentary, the Spurs one. <clears throat> yeah, with, yeah. with the Jose. pressure that the yeah. managers yeah. can, I'm not saying David Moyes did this, but the so pressure they can. So when's he going to be ready? Yeah, yeah, you get that a lot. Yeah. The, the theme of the book, Mick, is, is a kind of a man growing old in a young man's industry. You sort of talk about that. I mean, even the nickname Baz. Basil Rathbone hasn't made a film since 1950. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? Even, I mean, even the, most of the kids wouldn't know Basil Rathbone no. was, but the nickname's no. there. It's yeah. not just that around the developments in sports science, and you talked a lot about that in, in the first book as well. But that, that is essentially it, isn't it? You, you're kind of growing old in a young man's game and trying to stay relevant. Uh, and I've always looked, unfortunately, up mm. until recently, a lot older when I was a young player and I was 17 playing for the Blues. People would say the 20-year-old defender. <laughs> and you might think big deal, but it mm. meant a lot. And all yeah. through my life, people have always thought I was a lot older, obviously because I was old, I guess, like, you know. Mm. And I say there's a couple of really good stuff. I have to say it, it, it's, a, it's a feature of the book. And uh, mm. there was that time when I worked at Manchester United when they sent me over to Antwerp to look at a couple of our players on loan. And I was proud. I had my Man U jacket on and, and uh, my Man U tie, Man U badge. And uh, they won 5-0. And after the game, I went in the players' bar, fans' bar. And Belgian people do like beer. And there's a mm. lot of beer getting drunk. It was a great night. Um, for some reason, I had my reading glasses on as well. Anyway, I went in mm. there, resplendent in Man United gear, reading glasses. Mm. And I'm not famous, but I am a tiny bit famous. Mm. And you do become aware when you go in a room of a little bit of a nudge, nudge and a bit of people looking across that kind of free son of exposure. So I thought, oh, as the smell of football made it across to um, Antwerp. Anyway, (laughs) eventually a really drunken guy comes up to me and he uncrumples the team sheet and he goes, will you sign this? And I said, yeah, buzzing to be fair, buzzing. Anyway, best wish, he said... Thank you, Sir Bobby. And you're going to say that. <laughs> and I thought, no. Yeah. No. Now, one of the greatest players ever, an absolute gentleman, but I was like 52 at the time. And, <laughs> so, and you haven't got a sweet me, have you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, Had right. one. Oh, you did one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the, the thread of the book was that, and there was a time after my knee operation, I went into the local gymnasium, <clears throat> and um, there were a couple of nurses on reception. <clears throat> and I went in, and I said, morning. I assume it was some kind of local health service drive-by, the excellent Blackburn and Darwin Council. And I was going up the stairs and one of the nurses said, oh, excuse me, sir, are you heart attack or angina? <laughs> I thought, God, I'm 10K in 36 minutes is yeah, what I yeah. am. You're really fit, aren't you? Yeah, Still yeah, yeah I, I, I've kept myself fit. I, and you know what I do say in the book, and I explain this in the book, um, and I say, right, why does it matter that I can run at the front of every single group when I'm 50, 55, 60, mm. 63? This is the reason why. And it goes back to the theme of the second book. And I say in the book, if I can run at the front of every running group, if I can do all the passing shuttles with the injured players, it doesn't matter that I can't turn a laptop on. It doesn't 
matter, excuse me, that I can't operate a Cybex machine. It doesn't matter that that new thing that restricts blood flow, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. The day when I can't run at the front group or even the middle group, people might start looking at me and saying, you know what? He can't switch a laptop on that guy. Yeah. So you were kind of driven on, I guess, by that primeval mm. fear of technology. <laughs> well, we'll talk about a bit about sports science later on, and um, one or two of the players that were quite shocked by just how fit you were on your first out football clubs, namely Manchester United. Uh, Mick Rathbone is with us. We're talking about the smell of football too. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Mick Rathbone, the former Everton physio, you shouldn't forget, a professional footballer. He played 400 games in uh, Football League for uh, Blackburn Rovers, notably in Birmingham City and others. Preston is with us in the studio. His smell of football too is out, picking up where his uh, first book left off. And we talked about how Everton let you go, Mick, in 2010. Um, but since then, you, you know, you were fearful at the time that the phone wasn't going to ring. But let's be honest, it hasn't really stopped. It's, you know, it's, it's like the godfather, isn't it? Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in again. You've worked at about three clubs in the last month. So you're always being brought in. Memorably, of course, at Manchester United, it was a slightly different role. And you talk about that. But when you go into a new club, you're proving yourself to a, a new uh, lot of young lads. But I think you did that at Manchester United because, uh, yeah, Shinji Kagawa found himself up against you in the sprints, didn't he? Yeah, it, it was it was <laughs> close to being the happiest day of my life. So I've been, I, I've been at, <laughs> I might be exaggerating there. I've been at Man U a day or two, like, and you want to make a good impact. So Warren Joyce and Nicky Butch said, get changed, come out on the grass. So I'm out, this frail-looking old guy, me, and we're in the boxes, you know the boxes, we see the boxes, I'm on the outside, and I can tell that people are waiting to see what I can offer. Anyway, eventually the ball gets shoveled to this frail old guy, like, you know, and I managed with the outside of my to hook it back through Makeda's legs. <laughs> Everyone collapsed laughing. So that was the first bit. Great start. Then, Warren Joyce and Nicky Butts said, we're going to do some runs now, and it's a run, it's a race in pairs, we want to see the winners. And you start on the sideline and you go to the near 18 and back, near 6 and back, far 6, far 18, far line and back. Tough, hard run mm. and I want to see a winner. I thought it'd be interesting to see the levels of fitness amongst these young players. But then Shinji Kagawa came over and he said, I, I need extra. So all of a sudden, it was an odd number. So um, Nicky Butt said, uh, right, you'll have to run against Baz last <laughs> So everyone was laughing, but I wasn't laughing because I dreamed about something like this happening. <laughs> so I was beyond excited. My heart was racing. I, I kind of prophesied what was coming. Anyway, the races went off and everybody was running. It was it's a really hard run. And then finally, we approached each other and uh, you want to bow, chi uh, Japanese and all that kind of stuff. So we're off and we're neck and neck, first line and back second line and back third line back but now all the lads are cheering and shouting for me fourth <laughs> line and back I can hear him puffing and panting now all we've got now is a final long buster final side line and back we hit the far line all I've got to do now is turn 50 yards across the pitch and home he seemed a nice guy and I was old enough to still am old enough to be his, probably his grandfather but it was my day and I couldn't spare him and I, cha <laughs> I changed gear and it was an element of you know that kind of part of lifting the car off your injured child and I just left him for dead and it, everyone was laughing and joking and <laughs> hooping and to be fair he laughed as much as anybody else so yeah. it was just a great great day. Well, you've still got crossing ability as well, is that right? Yeah, I, I still join in with the crossing and stuff mm. like that. I remember once at Forest, I was running around some injured players and Ita Karanka said, ah, come on, Baz, you, you cross some now, you cross some now. 
and I don't want to show the lads up, but I do want to cross the ball well. And you know, just on them days where you're whipping them in, yeah. I was even like the old Tom Finney story. I was even doing it with 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 the laces facing away from the forehead, like they were so <laughs> accurate the crosses. But I was just not happy, saying, "Come, hey, come on, lads, come on." This is bloody embarrassing now. Come on, come on. He's 60, cross the ball, no problem. Come on. So I thought kind of bad, but, you know, bad but great. <laughs> yeah, you, you, so you wrote a bit about, in the first one, about sports science and your attitude towards it. I mean, it's an important part of the, of the game. Uh, and you say at Forest, some of your attitudes changed towards it and around it. When he first came in, he didn't know what it was or where it was pitched and it was new. And I saw it done badly mm. through nobody's fault that nobody really understood its limitations. I was very much against it, and that's probably down to me being frightened, yeah, uh, old-fashioned. When I see the Everton fitness coaches now, one's a guy called Dave Billows, who's brilliant, he's at West Ham now, I always apologise. I didn't treat them bad on a personal level, but I kind of, I'm going to say I disrespected their role. Mm. I saw it done fantastically well. At Forest with Nathan and uh, Nathan Beersley and, and Thorpey, I saw it done really well um, with Jason O'Keefe at Everton, and I saw it done well with um, oh god, come on at uh, at Salford. Yeah. And when you see it done well, and when you uh, accept it, and when you're a part of it, you realise that it is now a very very important part of the game. So I guess I was humble enough to change my opinion completely mm. and I saw it with my own son who plays for Rotherham I saw him go with Kevin Gibbs the fitness coach at Rochdale I saw him go from a frail 19 I'm making it sound like an old guy yeah. a frail small not powerful 19 20 year old to now at 24 25 sorry Oliver 25 a, 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 a strong quick player and that was all down to the fitness coach and all down to sports science uh, I think the, the whole Rock- games are, sorry, yeah, sorry. The whole games become more scientific. Recruitment is much more scientific. John Lucas, yeah. fitness coach at Salford. Yeah, Apologies, yeah, Lucas. Yeah. Great guy, great friend. Yeah. When you played, it was the scout had his gut instinct about a player and that was it. But now it's very scientific. It's completely changed. The, the, the whole thing, I, I say to lads now, mm. and they can't mm. believe it, they refuse to accept this. Mm. I remember saying to Mikel Arteta once we'd had two games in nine days, or, or let be fair, two, two, two games in maybe four days, and he was saying, tight on. I said, you know what, Mikel, in 1979, I played two games in two days for Blackburn. He would not believe me till I showed it him in the, in the Rothman's <laughs> book. So I played for Blackburn on uh, Good Friday, got beat 5-0 at Oldham, and the next day played at home to Burnley, lost again. I remember getting up on the Saturday morning thinking... I've got a game this afternoon. <laughs> so, um, and like the drinks, I say to the lads now, like there's, there's no, if I played today, I wouldn't drink alcohol. I look at my sports site, I look at my stats, I look at my clips, I look at my nutrition. But back in the day, I'm drinking loads, but the guy I'm playing against Saturday on a Wednesday night, he's somewhere else, he's drinking loads too. So it was still kind of an even playing yeah, field, yeah. but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin in Rotherham uh, says, uh, tell Mick that his son Ollie has been outstanding for Rotherham this season. Hopefully he can help us get over the line with promotion and the EFL trophy at Wembley. I know you're going to be probably coming down for that. Well, he, he gets that from his mum, I have to say that first <laughs> off. So congratulations to Julie. But yes, we're going to go to that. And uh, he loves it at Rotherham. It's a fantastic club. We're, uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, this has come from uh, D-Man, he says, uh, in Morecambe. Um, could you uh, ask Mick whether he ever fancied stepping into football management like Nigel Adkins from Physio? Mm. Well, in the first book, I ha- I have a go, don't I, like, you know. and mm. uh, was, that, was that Halifax? That was at Halifax, Halifax yeah. And right, actually, yeah. we were runners-up. Yeah. Every Saturday, boom, boom. And like, I, 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 people say, people say, people say, how did you get on? I said, we got to three cup finals. They went, did you? I said, well, well, 
the guy in the press said the last three league games were light cup finals. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had a go. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, did it go well or not? It's how you look at it. I, I thought I did my best. The players did the best. So mm. if you do your best, it always goes well. So I'm proud of what I did there. Like you know, this, you always get weird ones like this. Stephen says I sold Mick a Ford Escort RS 1600i <laughs> in the 80s when he lived in Rhodes Avenue in Blackburn, and that's Eamon. Uh, it, it says Stephen at the moment here. Stephen Holmes, I, I, E Holmes, maybe that's yeah, the Eamon. Eamon Holmes. Yeah, ah, Eamon yeah. Holmes. Yeah. No, 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 no. But but yeah, he did, he did, ah. and it was a great car. And I really, really enjoyed driving. There we are. So yeah. you still haven't got it though, Mickey. No, no, we sold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Those RS all white escorts and Cosworths are worth about 60 grand yeah, should have kept yeah. it, so I should have kept, should have kept it, it absolutely just finally you went back to Everton mm. the kind of full circle is the chapter in the book where you talk about that and you went back to the club and I know it's got a special place in your heart and uh, you said you did sort of foresee some of the things that were going to happen and I think you're a little bit concerned now I do sense that you felt maybe that Big Duncan maybe deserved a chance to because you feel he is a connection mm. with the old days in the heart of the club Okay, so about seven or eight... No, let's get this right. I don't know, ten years ago, Tim Howard's last game, I went to Ewood for the first time... Six years ago. Went to... Um, sorry. Goodison. I went to Goodison for the first time. 2017. About six years yeah. to watch the last game of the season. And me and my son, who worked for Norwich, we had a meal, we met all the players. It was fantastic. While we're having the meal upstairs, it was Mashiri's first day, and he walked across the floor with Bill Kenwright. Everybody stood up and clapped. The people on our table... With tears in their eyes, they said to me, Baz lad, finally a chance for this club to be great. What I then said now sounds prophetic. Mm. I said, mate, I said, this club is great. I said, for me, steeped in the history, the location, the, the, the tower, the collars, the, the girl with the mints, the church in the corner. I said, for me, it's already fantastic. Just be careful what you wish for. Mm. And I went back three years ago and I drove in and it had changed. And that kind of... I always felt Everton was different to every other club I've worked at and there's a depth of feeling, a connection and a kind of... When I used to do home games at Goodison, I'd walk in, I'd get there half 11 and the hairs would stand up on my arms and on the back of my neck as I walked down that road and there'd be fans there already and that. And people who've worked for Everton, and I don't want to be twee about it, I never play for them, but people who've worked for say the same, there's something very, very special about that football club. And I went back, and it's not Marco Silva's fault. He's got to win the next game. He can't be making sure the under-11s are playing well, you know. So it was uh, a, it was nobody's fault. It was just the way it was, and they'd become a typical club with lots of money and probably lost a little bit of direction a bit. Mm. Hopefully with Frank Lampard uh, um, and Dunk still there and that, and some good players coming through now and that. So hopefully it can maybe get that feel back. Because as, as I say... When we were there, David Moyes and myself and that, like it, it felt so good. I remember my very first day there. I remember running on the running machine in the afternoon, and I remember at the old Belfield, and I had uh, Everton topping with MR on. Like, you know, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and having tears in my eyes. I think, my God, I'm head of the medical department at Everton Football Club. Like the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. Thanks to Mick. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Myself, Charlie will be with us, and he'll pop up, of course. Uh, in the birthday spread. So. I'll be packing, filling my bag for Friday. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we, I have to try and catch I'll you unaware. Sue's back and then oh, I, I can't leave you. it till Monday because she'll unpack it all again. <laughs> so, yeah, do hope you can join us for one. If not, podcast available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 